0: Hi friends, this is Self Care and Soul Care for The Caregiver and I'm your host, Sandra Peoples. You are listening to episode 37. And as promised, every month that has five Mondays in it, I am going to have a special guest, Lee Peoples. (laughs) All right, thanks for having me back. (laughs) (laughs) Lee was on before a few months ago where we talked about uh, who does what at our house, the breakdown of chores and tasks and all that kind of stuff. And um, people loved the episode, Lee. I mean, they they were just begging for you to come back and join us. (laughs) Oh,
1: well. Hopefully, they'll love this one, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, for this one, I asked people to send in questions for us. And so today, we're going to be talking about a bunch of different topics. So, I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This should be fun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, if you guys are listening in real time, uh, we here in Houston are starting to hunker down and prepare for two hurricanes that may be merging and coming our way. Um, also, this is James's first week at school, <laughs> and this is first David's first full week of homeschooling. So we have a lot going on, and so really it's kind of fun to get to sit down and talk to each other and um, just enjoy a little conversation <laughs> that's not all about the details of life at our house and schedules and all that's going on, so it's going to be fun, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, because what says 2020 more than like two merging hurricanes at one time. So
0: right. It's right. going to
1: be an interesting week for sure. I so, yeah, know. A, a, good, a good time to not even think ahead, but just to focus on right now.
0: Yeah, this will be fun. So, okay. Uh, I do want to mention at the end of the episode, I'm going to tell you more, but... Uh, We are doing our Bible study that we wrote a few years ago called Held, Learning to Live in God's Grip. We are doing that as an online study with Rising Above Ministries. And so at the end of the conversation today that Lee and I'll have, I'll tell you more about how you can join us starting on September 13th. It's going to go for six Sunday evenings and Lee and I will be meeting with you online and going through the book together. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So at the end of the episode, I'll give you more details about that. Okay, so let's, I wish I had like an easy question to ask you first, but I mean, we're just going to jump right in.
1: These are good questions too. <laughs> they are
0: good questions, Very I know. Questions. So let's start with, um, my friend Jessica asked in on the Facebook page, she asked, I'll read it to you. It says, I would love to know more about y'all's experience of being a special needs family in ministry. My husband and I are special needs, a special needs family and in ministry. And sometimes it feels isolating, but I've also seen beauty in it. I think both of your insights would be so helpful. So <laughs> let's talk about that. What is our experience of being special needs parents and ministry parent, ministry family?
1: I really like how she asked the question because um, the the comment of it can feel isolating and uh, there's beauty in it is, I think, a great description. And yeah. I think for any family that's in their churches helping out or, I mean, just, you know, just not just in, you know, vocational ministry, but in ministry in their churches, I think would agree with that statement too. So I would say, yes, it's been isolating at times. And it, there's also uh, a lot of beauty in it. And um, I think we've, we've experienced that over time of maybe when James was younger, there was uh, some people who maybe didn't intentionally invite him over to a birthday party. Um, you know, all the other kids in his Sunday school class when we, were, when we were mainstreaming him, you know, when he was younger, got invited over, but not him. Um, that's obviously an isolating time, but I just think even recently uh, there was a, a Facebook post I had up about him and just seeing some of our, our church people now just like, wow, he's getting big and, you know, what a great young man, and, and just seeing some very encouraging words, you know, to him, um, you, see the, you see the beauty in that, especially some of the folks who've been isolating themselves, um, you know, some of our church members who haven't come back on campus yet. And haven't seen him in person since March. You know, a lot of them were like, Oh my goodness, he's getting so big, and you know, like just that that was neat to see, you know. So there's the beauty in those little small things like that.
0: And you know, we um Lee and I met when we were both attending seminary, and um he's pastored churches in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, that's when James was diagnosed, and then in Texas. So we've been a pastor longer than we've been special needs parents and and I think you have stayed pretty much on the same course with your ministry but being a special needs parent changed my ministry completely. I mean it it doesn't look anything like I thought it would when I was in seminary and getting a degree in women's studies. And so even like on a Sunday morning if something's going on with James there's no way you can miss so it it has to be me who misses um And so that can feel challenging at times, you know, and I just have to think God knew when he called us to ministry and when he called me specifically and gave me gifts and experiences that we would be James's parents. And so anything that I can't do is as James's mom is not mine to do. So, you know, I think sometimes we see limitations as bad things, but that God really puts limitations on us as good things. So even limitations are part of our purpose, and that includes ministry. I mean, you know, even when I travel, (laughs) back when I was traveling and speaking, you would have to step up and do some things. And so there's a lot of give and take in the specific ways that you and I do ministry, like as a vocation. But I think all of that is still under God's umbrella of sovereignty. And so we just say, okay, if this is something we can't make work or that doesn't work for us, then then it's not something we're called to do. That helps too. Just remembering that ultimately he's the one in control of our calling and the way that we live out that calling. Does that That's cover it? first
1: question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's no, there's no shallow end questions here. We're just yeah. in the deep end of the pool right off the bat. So yeah, we cannonballed right into the deep end on that one. So it was a good, good first one.
0: Okay. So another, some of these questions came in through Instagram. And so if you're on Instagram and you don't follow me, it's at Sandra Peoples. And I would love to connect with you there because I put a whole lot of podcast related content on Instagram and Lee is on Instagram as well. <laughs> he gets on and off occasionally, but he's on right now. And his username is at Lee peoples.
1: I'm not a very interesting follow, but you know, come right (laughs) ahead.
0: (laughs) You are interesting. (laughs) David's on there too. I mean, everybody, and there's tons of pictures of James. So we're well (laughs) represented on the old Graham. So one of the questions that came in that I thought was a good one, she said, I'm curious about how you maintain a predictable routine that works for the whole family. And this is something that I talked about last week on episode 36 as we talk about creating new rhythms for the new school year um, and how it takes a couple of weeks in a new routine to figure out what your rhythms are. So like I said at the beginning of the episode, we are learning new back-to-school rhythms and routines right now as we're in this season. But one thing I think is really important uh, is to create some anchors that are the same no matter how busy your day is. So right now, David, who's our 14 year old son, our typical kid, he and I are watching a show together at eight every evening. And so the other day, what did we do? We did our school work in the morning and then we went to Walmart and then we were going to eat lunch and then we were going to come home. But James's therapy called and he had to be picked up right away. And then, so we had to go to another town We ended up going to my parents to eat lunch there. And so like when we left the house at 1115, we thought we would be home by 1230 and we didn't get home until close to three. And so David who thrives on routine was like, well, at least I still have our show (laughs) to look forward to. And So even though he was frustrated that the day didn't go according to plan, at least he knew we would have that anchor at eight o'clock. And so even if you can't control what happens, throughout the the day, you still can create those anchors uh, and predictability either in your morning routine or your evening routine. And then um, on the Patreon community this month, there is a printable releasing and it's called The Ideal Week. And so it helps you walk through the whole week and you lay out exactly what you would want to happen in an ideal week. And that way when you face the week, you try to get as close to the ideal week as you can. And so that helps with predictability too. So you have anything to add?
1: Yeah. I had there one just a little, uh, yesterday, David and I went spur of the moment kayaking. And, uh, so about lunchtime, Sandra and I were talking, I said, well, you know, I want to go kayaking. Let me get the stuff ready see if you want to go. And I didn't tell you this babe, but, uh, when I, when I talked to him about it, I said, Hey man, we're going to go at four. You know, it's about 30 minutes away. We're going to get this. We'll go eat dinner. But I told him, I was like, I'll get you home by eight (laughs) to watch the show. He was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even though it was a spur of the moment for all of us, and I'm not usually the very spur of the moment person, uh, I I made sure I got him home by eight so we could keep that rhythm, you know? Yeah. Um, So I I think on predictable routines, I, I think it is hard just because all of us. Have you know unpredictability things happening? I think communication's the big thing. Uh, I know we one episode we did together. We talked a lot about the scheduling and just kind of going over what's happening during the day because things do change. You know, just communication in that is also really really important in the routine. Just so you can you know, like when you had to go pick up James, you let me know. Hey, here's what's happening. We've shifted this. We moved this around because I think I had some meetings and I'm. I said, hey, I can move some stuff. If you guys need to keep doing that, I can do this. And, and it all smoothed out. But I, I think that's, to me, as a, a one who's a, a big planner, that's not very stressful when something disrupts the routine. If we communicate well, it still helps it feel kind of routine.
0: Yeah, we have a shared Google Calendar. We've talked about that before. And we kind of have Sunday evening routine of talking through what's coming that week in case one of us hasn't looked at the calendar or just added something new. So when we plan the week, we know what the other one is doing and that makes it easier for all of us to kind of know what to expect. Okay. Another question that came in from Lauren on Instagram. Uh, She says, how do you keep your marriage alive and find ways to have conversation? So I think her kids, she says uh, she has one, a kid who's six, an eight-year-old, and a toddler. So she's in a little bit of a different life stage than we are. Um, I mean, David is 14. He'd rather hang out in his room than hang out with us. (laughs) And even James is a little more independent at times. Like he'll go hang out in another room for a little while. And so there have been, especially during this together time since the COVID started, you and I have found ourselves in the same room without kids in there and more opportunities to talk and uh, connect and do different things than we would have five years ago or eight years ago. And so some of that is really seasonal we text each other a lot even when we're in the same house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or you're at the across the street at the pool and I'm texting you and we're having conversations and just finding those pockets of time I think has been helpful.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say like you said pockets of time it's just seize the moment. <laughs> you know, when you when you have the maybe nap time moment with the younger kids or little pockets of independence with the older kids. It may be then, hey, turn off the Netflix for a few minutes and catch up or talk or, you know, so just kind of seize the moment. And I, I think just don't feel guilty if you don't have 30 minutes to an hour straight to be able to sit down and talk. A lot of times when I encourage people to get back in the rhythm of reading their Bible or prayer, you know, I say don't, don't sit there and think you've got to read the Bible for 30 minutes. Read it for 10-minute increments. Read it for 15. Read it for five or in, in a prayer life don't sit there and feel like you've got to pray for 30 minutes, you pray for five, pray for 10, just take those pockets of, of time because what you're doing is you're developing a pattern, you're developing a rhythm. And I think in communication, that's a big, a big thing to do as well. You may not get an, un- in an uninterrupted 30 minute break, you know, to talk, but you may get five minutes or 10 minutes and take that five or 10 and just kind of seize that pocket of time you got and, and, and talk. And then, Yeah. Shoot a text when the other person's on the other side of the house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: And your, your answer goes into the next question, which is how do you cultivate a thriving walk with Christ with constant interruptions? Your advice there applies to that question. You just find the pockets of time that you can, and you don't feel guilty about not having as much time as you wish you could. Uh, You can also use The Bible app on your phone or listen to an audio version of the Bible. If you can't sit in one place and read, you can use those tools to help you spend time in the Word and spend time in prayer. You can set reminders on your phone if there's certain times of the day you want to pause and pray. So those are all helpful, but a lot of it is just don't put too much pressure on yourself in this season with your life circumstances to live up to a standard that that God isn't holding you to. I mean, he He wants you to be faithful to him and to continue to grow in godliness, but but he He doesn't sit up there with a timer <laughs> waiting for you to meet some arbitrary goal each day. And so just being kind to yourself is important.
1: Yeah, and I think trying to, I know we we would say we're busy and we don't have time, but trying to create space to be able to do that. So Actually, intentionally creating time, and one thing I've done uh, because I wanted to just read the Bible more um, is I get up earlier, and that means instead of getting up at six, a lot of mornings I get up at five thirty. Now there are some mornings when the alarm goes off at five thirty. I'm like, nope, I'm going to roll back over till six because that may be one of the off chances that James actually sleeps in. <laughs> so, you know, so just even making a, a, a little adjustment. Um, I'm more of a morning person. I'm not a night person. So maybe for you, if you're a night person, you stay up 20 minutes later. And instead of watching the TV show until you just fall asleep, you turn it off 20 minutes sooner and you, then you spend time. Listening to the Bible, maybe when you're driving. I've tried that a little bit. A great app uh, for listening to the Bible and audio is is called Dwell. And it's people just reading scripture. And so the Dwell app's great. U version has a lot of good Bible reading plans. And I mean, right now I'm doing a read through the Bible in a year, but they've got for 30 days, 90 days, a week, 10 days. So there's a lot of good tools out there too, I think. But you've got to create that space. It's, you're not just going to just automatically get more time to do it. Uh, but it, it's just trying to be intentional in those little pockets uh, of time that you you might find. And and you'll you'll notice a big change, I think, just the more rhythm you do it
0: okay the next question is about enneagram numbers and our enneagram numbers so let me give a little background (laughs) on what this is so enneagram is a personality typing tool Uh, we learned about it i started reading about it back when we lived in pennsylvania so that was five years ago um it has been hugely helpful to us to know each other better and to know ourselves better and to be able to more quickly recognize sin patterns in our life, places that we struggle and that we're places that we need to apply the gospel. It just really helps you realize that you don't see everything from the same perspective. So Lee and I see things from different perspectives and that's different from him being an extrovert and me being an introvert. Like when we walk into a room full of people, he and I have different goals and that is reflected in our Enneagram numbers. And so Suzanne is in my Abiding Caregiver Facebook group. It's a really fun place to hang out. And we talk about stuff like this. And so her question is, uh, what advice you have as the spouse of an Enneagram (laughs) 1? So I'm an Enneagram 1 and Lee's an Enneagram 3. And Enneagram 1s tend to be perfectionist. And we have this inner critic in our head that is telling us all the time, what we're doing wrong, but it's also telling us what everybody around us is doing wrong. And, uh, that voice is almost never quiet. And so if you are married to an Enneagram one, (laughs) it can be tough. I mean, once you know, you're an Enneagram one, you can work on quieting that critic, uh, and at least keeping some of that to yourself. Uh, but that takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. And sometimes, I can't even do it even with the people who I love the most. The criticism is still gonna come out because it, it builds up sometimes, I think is a good way to see it. So Lee and I have experienced that. Um, like for example, our anniversary was last month and his gift to me was a Facebook status with no grammar problems and a week of not chewing ice. <laughs> because two of the things I tend to be the most critical about are grammar mistakes and unnecessary noises, (laughs) like chewing ice. So Suzanne must be married to an Enneagram One, and she needs your empathy, your compassion, and she needs a little encouragement on how to love her Enneagram One well.
1: Should we tell them the story of how I pulled off the perfect Facebook post or is that another episode?
0: No, you can. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs)
1: Okay. So Facebook, obviously when you, you click on, you have the Facebook memories. And so I clicked back to, you know, Facebook memories on our anniversary and I took a post that I had written a couple of years ago and I copied it to this year's post and I just changed around a few sentences. Now I'm more of a speaker, not a writer like Sandra is. And so it, it really is hard for me to pull off a perfect post. And so I kept my new sentences very short that I knew were correct. And so when Sandra wrote it or read it, she said, hey, that's a great post. Who edited it for you? <laughs> that was her first question. Who edited it? And yeah. I looked at her and I said, you did. You edited it for me a couple of years ago because <laughs> I pulled it from the Facebook memory. So that was my gift to her. And I did. I think I did make the chewing the ice thing.
0: You did. Uh, Yeah. It was our vacation week. It was amazing.
1: I think I did on that. So, I mean, I know you highlighted a a few qualities of a one that needs some work, but go over the good parts of a one real quick. I don't want you to be too hard on yourself as the inner critic. Like what's good about a one? Like go over those parts.
0: Well, the good things about being a one is we're very justice minded. So we help people see the good and the potential in things like Nothing is perfect, but there's always the potential for things to be better, and we are always working toward making things better. So we're good at creating systems that make things run smoother. We're good at editing. <laughs> we're good at yeah. lots of things and, and even being seeing the good in other people and trying to highlight that. Um, you know that if you get a compliment from a one, we're not just blowing smoke, right? right. Like I'm
1: just throwing that out there because it, it's a day that ends and why.
0: Right. Pretty- yeah. Like that's kind of a hard earned compliment um, yeah. because yeah. we don't give ourselves compliments very often. And so it's hard to compliment other people. And
1: yeah. So I think some of the things that I've learned to really appreciate about you is the clear, kind of sense of justice, the very clear black and white, uh, the clear, yes, we wanna make this better and continue to improve things. Um, I I think one of the things I've had to learn to do, which is hard being a, a guy and being one who likes to help people and fix things, to help a one is when you feel like the system of justice has been violated and I may not see it eye to eye with you like that. And I may not quite understand, but I can tell now because I know that you're you're very passionate. That system of justice has been violated. So what you don't need from me at that moment is for me to correct your system of justice. For me to go, oh no, it's not that big of a deal. They didn't mean that. Or you're looking at it wrong. You should look at it this way. I've learned to just try to be very quiet and yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that hurt you, or I'm sorry, you know, that um, you're, you're seeing it that way. Uh, And then maybe we can find time to talk about it later. That that is a, is a different time. But in that moment, um, I've had to learn to try to really pull back and, and to know that's right now you're raw in that moment. and, And you don't need that kind of correction or even discussion of, of the system of justice. It's just clearly violated for you. And I don't need to come in and and try to speak into that, uh, in any point. Um, I think the next thing is trying to learn to show, um, I guess a little more, a little more grace at times, because like you had said, there's one of the things you battle is, is being a little critical, um, at, at moments. And so, just trying to understand that that criticism at times is not because you don't love me uh, or you don't love this other person. Um, You're wanting them to get better and you're wanting them to, uh, to help. So I think one of the things that we've, we've talked about over time that I know frustrates you is my grammar (laughs) and it's not pulling off the perfect Facebook post. And so there's, you know, there's the, uh, Hey, just hand me your phone. I need to fix that post for you. Um, or there's times where I know maybe that post I'm about to put up is a little off, and I think there was even an instance today I came and I was like, hey, I'm about to post this. Is this right? And so to realize, I know that's frustrating for a, a one. Um, and so when you when you do correct, I'm trying to learn at times. It's not because you don't love me or you, you don't think I'm not smart. Um, you're you're just trying to help me get better. And so that's one thing you and I've even talked about recently is, hey, what are some resources that I can I can learn and and try to get better at this. So I plan on auditing uh, at times your your ninth grade English homeschool class with David. So plan yeah. on sitting in the back there and you know <laughs> and listening in.
0: Oh, especially when we talk about commas. That's yes, commas be,
1: are the worst. I, I know just,
0: they're so hard. <laughs> I throw
1: commas in just because I feel like it, and that's just yeah. not good.
0: <laughs> yeah. and Lee is an enneagram three. Um, if you're familiar with the And so ones and threes actually make a really good match and, and complement each other in a lot of ways. But uh, they both are driven to get things done. But a one wants to get them done right. And a three just wants to get them done. And so even in that, even both having similar goals, like I can say, well, thanks for loading the dishwasher, but you didn't do it right. And so you're like, no, it's loaded. It's It's
1: loaded. It's done. It's ready to run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So even just knowing that about each other is interesting. Threes are also really good at, uh, they're much more so, I mean they can be much more social and so they can go into a room and, and have a big personality and be entertaining and, and be, and ones struggle with that a little bit because we're always the same in every situation. And so that's something that I as a one can admire about you as a three. I mean, that's one of the things that drew me to you was your kindness. I mean, and, and that, that sense that you have of encouraging other people and bringing out the best in them. And so I get to see that in you as a preacher and, and uh, just all the things that we do when we're around other people. And so that, I, I like to say that you soften my hard edges, <laughs> and so I can come in and be a little abrasive or stuck in my ways, and you remind me that people are more important than perfection. and so that helps me see things in a little bit different light and let go of some of those perfectionist tendencies. So not always on Facebook posts, but at least in real life, I can let <laughs> I can let some of that go. go. All right, so that's all the questions that we have.
1: Those are good questions. They were really I know.
0: Were. They, they were good.
1: I was trying to while James was swimming at the at the pool across the street, I was trying to think of some some answers. So they were they were really good.
0: Yeah. I know. I have smart listeners.
1: You do. I <laughs> like that though. I like the the good kind of thinking questions. So.
0: Yeah. So you are going to join me every time a month has a fifth monday so the next time you get to join me is actually in november okay so we'll have to see if what questions friends can come up with in november but if people want to hang out with us before november let's talk about the opportunity that they have to do that and so as i mentioned earlier lee and i are joining with rising above and we are going to be leading whoever wants to join us through a study of our book, which is called Held. It's available on Amazon. You can get the paperback version or the ebook version. Um, and either one will work, because there you work through a chapter and then there's questions at the end. We will meet each Sunday online, and it's going to be at 7.30 Central Time. And it will last 45 minutes to an hour, so it's not gonna take up a whole lot of time but Lee and I will both be on. And so it's open to moms and dads. And uh, we're excited because we wrote this book a few years ago. And so there's more that we have to add this time around. And so you're gonna get a few bonus questions (laughs) and a little bit of behind the scenes kind of material. And so we're really excited. So it's gonna last six weeks and it's being hosted by Rising Above. So if you want to sign up to join us, go to risingabove.com org community. And you'll see all the studies that they have planned. And so if you're interested in a study, but Sunday night doesn't work for you, you can look at all the other studies and see if something else looks interesting. But of course, we would love for you to join us. There's no cost to sign up for the study. You just need to purchase the book. And so we are excited about that. So again, if you want to sign up for that, it is risingabove.org slash community. All right, dear. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me again. Yep. Joining you again in November.
0: (laughs) Yep. Now we need to go work on the garage so we can get the car in it before the hurricane hits.
1: (laughs) We'll find out what the 14-year-old's doing. So He'll help.
0: He is a big help. All right. Thanks, guys.
1: All right. Y'all take care.